Introducing the Fiber, brought to you by Live Oak Fiber. This open forum is meant to inspire, empower, and set the record straight for consumers and better broadband enthusiasts alike. Good day, and thank you for tuning in to The Fiber. I'm your host, Kimber McCafferty, and today we have a very special guest, the mayor of Destin, Bobby Wagner. Hey, how Hi, you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today. I just kind of want to run through everything we can with you to talk about Destin, what keeps you so passionate about Destin, how you ended back here, how you became mayor so young. <laughs> well, my girlfriend reminded me to take breaths in between, so I'll try not to rush too much. No, that's good. No, I'm sure this is... Your wheelhouse, right? Especially being... I enjoy it. I get very excited, and then I might ramble on a little bit. So just keep me in line, but I'm excited to share anything and everything. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. You grew up here? Uh, so I was born in upstate New York, uh, not the Big Apple, but around the Finger Lakes. Uh, and my dad retired. My mom had some family in Destin area, so I actually moved here in sixth grade. Uh, kicking and screaming, I... Had my whole world of elementary school up there, so I thought this was just the worst possible thing uh, for like what what a ten year old to move and have to start all over again. Uh, but I came to Destin in sixth grade and then went to Fort Walton Beach uh, High School for high school, and it's just been a very interesting ride ever since. I I actually had. Um, on my computer, Destin sucks growing up because I was trying to leave Destin as soon as possible because, again, my family and friends and everything was in New York. So I really, uh, it took a while for me to acclimate, and I think that was my own fault. But um, here we are, and I absolutely love this community and try to give something to it every day now. I've been to the Finger Lakes like area, Trumansburg. Yeah. I had a brother-in-law from Trumansburg across Cayuga Lake from um, yeah, absolutely. Cornell. Yep, yeah. I got some aunts and uncles that live on the lake, and I was born in the Syracuse Hospital. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Right, that's where you fly into when, yep. you, when you do go that way. So you went to Troy University and then came back to Destin. Why? Uh, so, yeah, I, I went, I left high school on a band scholarship to Troy. Uh, it was almost a full ride. I'm a trumpet player. I started in sixth grade when I moved to Destin and had no musical bones. My family had nothing about music in their bones. Uh, I just picked it up as a special elective kind of thing and ended up falling in love with it. And that's really where I got my confidence here locally and started really uh, becoming a communicator was through music. Um, so I went there to be a band director. Uh, Randy Folsom was the band director at Fort Wallen Beach High School at the time. And he was like, hey, I got seven years left in me. So go get your degree, come back under me, and then the band's yours. So that was my parting of high school plan okay. um, that completely clearly went kaput and went the other direction. And so now I came back to Destin because I got a job with Cornerstone Marketing and Advertising. I was doing an internship through them uh, during the college summers. And then the video producer at the time and my mentor ended up moving back to Michigan. And so they offered me the job at 20, uh, one hour away from an AA degree that I still don't have. Okay. Uh, so I left college on the Dean's list with a full ride to convert a summer, uh, a summer internship into a full blown video producer job. Uh, and so that's kind of where this whole crazy video production, um, background came from was this random leap of faith from college in from an internship into a position at a marketing agency. 
Do you still take part in video production? I do. That's still the breadwinner uh, of the household for me. Um, the mayor position, while I love it, is a volunteer position. And the only uh, thing that I always just regret is that I can't give it 100% of the time. So the 20% of the time when I'm making money, it's most likely through the video production company, photography, video, drone, underwater uh, imagery. So all that fun stuff. So kind of adrenaline junkie with a camera. Yeah, but it gave you the skills to market yourself. Yeah, it, it gave me the skills to market myself. Uh, it taught me just how close-knit this community is and how much it gives back to the area. And I really fell in love with helping nonprofits with their mission and with their events for fundraising. So it really made me fall in love with the community. I, I did it for a paycheck and for a passion of production. Uh, but it really led to my second passion now, which is community development and just really trying to bring everyone under one umbrella for uh, families for economic development and really what got me into public service. So it's been a wild ride of yeses that I had no idea would be in my in my pipeline of what I've done, but it's always gone through video production. It's kind of been an all at the beginning. I, it really started with one production class in high school. Um, again, an elective class that I had no business being a part of, just like band. And that really kind of turn into a second love of mine. So it's been awesome. When was that pivotal moment that you knew you wanted to segue into politics with what you had learned that that far along your journey and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to run for mayor. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'll answer that the same way. I knew that I was going to leave college for that position and that's on a paddleboard in the middle of the bay crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so You're you honest. Know, I mean, it was like, I mean, for me, I was 20. It was like the true fork in the road. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's maybe not a yes or, or right or wrong answer, but there's clearly two different paths of my life. If I pick one, I'm going down a different path and maybe it intersects somewhere else. But at least at that moment, it felt like there's a true fork in the road. There's not a maybe here. There's A or B, yes or no, which side are you going to go? And that was the same thing for politics was um, I had fell in love with this helping nonprofits in the production side. Uh, I really fell in love with one called Trees on the Coast. I became a board member in 2017. And in 2020, uh, right before the pandemic and everything, the founder, Alan French, ended up having a grandchild, went back to Atlanta. And so we were kind of in this board meeting of, well, do we fold this nonprofit that's going really well? And I was like, well, you know, if you guys can help me, I'm happy to be the the spearhead of it all. If you guys show me which way to go and where to what to do, I'm happy to learn on the job. Uh, and so one of those jobs was to go to council and get approval, whether that's city council, uh, school board, the, the principal's office, going in and allowing us to plant trees free of charge with um, the kids in the community, uh, ideally the school. So it was kind of like cultivation uh, through conservation and education. Uh, so it was all about planting trees with kids, and I had to go and get an easy yes vote which sure. was free and trees. And with all this charm and charisma, I'm sure you had a really yeah, hard so, time. But that's what got me in front of City Hall was, and made me realize, and that's what I stressed last week with the elementary school, the middle schoolers, and the high schoolers for Florida Government Week was, at the city level, it's five, seven votes max, which means you need three or four votes of saying yes to your idea and things start changing. And for me to be exposed to that as a nonprofit director asking uh, for very low-hanging fruit projects, but realizing that if 
only four of these people in Destin say, yes, my project is starting. It, it comes to life. And so that's kind of one of the biggest things I like to share and try to promote with local government is it's not what you see on TV. It's not about politics. It's truly at the end of the day, projects getting done, trying to make your community better. And if you have an idea or you have a suggestion or you want to get involved, it's not a big government feel. It's locals in the area that know the same street names that you do. And if you can convince four of those council members in our case that your idea is good, well, now it's alive, it's funded, and here we go. So I think that's always been the most fun about this position is that I don't see it as politics. I see this as um, project creation at a local level and just bringing people together. That's fun. Yeah, and you're fun. also now the executive director for Trees on the Coast, yep. right? Is yeah, there anything so, else you want to add about Trees I'm, on the Coast? I'm looking for a replacement. I, <laughs> <laughs> I clearly have overcommitted myself and have now... <laughs> realizing this. Uh, no, but so at this point, we've really, we've we've slowed down a lot on trees on the coast only because I, I, I've i really taken the mayor position very seriously. And that's been kind of where I really wanted to put my time. And while trees on the coast have gotten me here, I don't want to just abandon it. So we, our board's still there, the funding's still there. And if you're very passionate about education through conservation and want to make a difference in our community, um, we're very much interested in volunteers stepping up to the plate, becoming board members, and those board members becoming leadership positions. So we are very much open and willing uh, for new blood to come into the nonprofit uh, and potentially trying to uh, pass this leadership role to someone else because, you know, it's, it's gotten me to this next phase in life, and I'm grateful for it. But I definitely want to make sure that the this thing that got me here is taken care of and I don't just abandon it. Well, whomever takes that seat has big shoes to fill, I'm sure. <laughs> big shovels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me, goals as mayor, what, when you set your sights on becoming mayor, what were some of the things that you knew you wanted to tackle? Um, and I'm glad you used the word tackle, because I, <laughs> I consider my first year of government was kind of like a red shirt freshman year. Okay. I, I got an appointed position. Um, so long story short, uh, we're, our house is a little magical, if we will. And so I ran in a special election because our seats are four years long. Our terms are four years long. And that was a lot of commitment to try something out. Like, oh, let me try local government. But that try is a four-year commitment if you get in. So that felt very... Uh, that felt like a lot for me. Committal. So yeah, <laughs> like just, yeah, because I just wanted to try it out, but I just didn't want to jump in head first. So uh, someone got off council uh, willingly, and so we had a special election because it was more than a year old or a year from their um, due date. So I came in second. I lost. I was like, man, this is, this would have been perfect. I thought the stars had aligned, and that this was my way into a red shirt freshman year of seeing if I liked it before I really committed to a full vote. Uh, I lost, came in second to Councilman Jim Bagby, and he's still a good yin and yang partner. I, he's been a great educator of mine. Um, now that we're on Sunshine and on Council together, we can't talk, but I say this story to say I lost. Uh, I went to a um, tarot card reading. <laughs> months later, I love it. months later, uh, she pulled this judgment card. She she didn't. She asked me to, uh, in my head, don't tell her a question. My question was, will I be on council this year? Because I really felt like this was a perfect window. Yeah. And she pulled this card over. It was a judgment card. It was like the scales of the courtroom kind of thing. And she didn't know what I asked. I said in my head, she said, the answer is yes. It's going to come in the form of a court case and it will be a ruling in your favor uh, through a female in a court 
that ruling will be in your favor. So long story short, a councilwoman um, had been asked to step down because of a court case. And next thing you know, uh, it was less than one year. So now, uh, instead of going and doing a special election all over again, our charter said that we can appoint someone. So 4-2 vote. I get on the city council with 51 weeks left of her term. Uh, just like the tarot card crazy, I don't really believe in it that much, but I did it anyways, kind of laughing about a yeah. card reading. And sure enough, it was right. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Here you are. Here we are. So redshirt freshman year, I dove in. I loved every minute of it. It was so much fun learning from the directors, going to uh, seminars and webinars. I, I went out for weekend retreats, trying to learn everything possible and getting out there. So to your point of my goals for mayor, having this redshirt freshman year of I really realized that Destin had been a fishing, squatting community in what I would call 1.0 and what you would see in the museums. And then in the 90s and 2000s, we saw this exponential growth of tourism through our fishing tournaments and, and our known luckiest fishing village mantra. It, it started really flocking to these emerald green waters and, and sugar white sands. And so I kind of see this resort area of Destin as a 2.0. And I got into mayor because I wanted to create better projects for the council to vote on. The council in Destin votes, the mayor doesn't get a vote, but the mayor is more hands on the ground with the staff creating these projects. And I really feel like we're at a pivotal point now uh, where 3.0 Destin's coming to life. Uh, and it's the same as fiber. Uh, it's like this next generation of technology coming into the city. And we have so many projects, so many different parcels of land being developed and redeveloped that I really wanted to make sure that these projects aren't only good for economics, but it's also good for the families living in Destin, making sure that forever as we move forward, that we've cemented in our heritage, uh, a community of family-oriented families uh, for schools, for their sports, and that we had a lot of funding right now. So I just felt like this was a great time to jump in and make a pivotal difference into this 3.0 Destin that I kind of am hoping to envision. Where are you in your term? Uh, next, in two weeks, it'll be one year. Okay. All so right. So you're still in infant stages. Let's talk. Let's dive right into some of the projects you have going on and what you've established in this first year. Yeah. Uh, so we <laughs> we spent over thirty million dollars in land. <laughs> I think that's a positive. Yeah. <laughs> so we've we've uh, acquired almost over five hundred uh, feet of beachfront because I know it's been a big issue with the state of who owns the beach. Unfortunately, the city has no say in the matter. So my perspective is, if we buy beachfront back from willing participants who are wanting to sell uh, more. So those old cinder block 60, 70 year old houses on in Destin that were on that beachfront, if we can buy those up so that we're not buying the house, we're just truly buying the land, we can forever hold the beach that we need to uh, create a foundation for tourism in the area. Everyone comes here for our beaches, but over the years we've heard that we don't have enough beach access for everyone. So everything and anything we can do to create more beach access is huge for me and has been a great partnership with the county, the TDC, and all this beach access has been bought 100% through the tourists that come and visit. So that's been one Even of the, better. Even better, yeah. yeah. So 100% of the funds come from tourists so that the public can be open to the beach for everyone, 
including our locals. So that's been something that I've really been proud of, and that started in January of this year. Uh, so right off in January, we started off with a huge win at Tarpon Beach and Crystal Beach access. Um, and then just recently, as of last week, we officially closed. But a couple months ago, we had purchased $9 million for the beach, or I'm sorry, the bridge parcel over at the Harbor District. That's two and a half acres that will really allow for connectivity, pedestrian safety, and what I hope is a bridgehead to the Harbor District for green space, maybe some kind of amphitheater, and I'm really trying to push a ferry system inside the Choctahatchee Bay uh, as a public transportation network and having a dock there to, to be a part of it all, I think would really allow the Harbor District to flourish and as well as, uh, as well as allow for a green space area with a view corridor or Crab Island that's just, you know, unmatched anywhere else in, in the Emerald Coast. Uh, so that's been a win on the Harbor District side. And then, again, that money does come from the taxpayers. So that was uh, money that we had set aside for a project like this. And then the last local win of big land acquisition would be that we've worked with the school board, and they just uh, signed and sealed for seven and a half acres of land south of the elementary school. Um, Destin Elementary School was one of the biggest elementary schools in the county, as far as student population, and that's without a fifth grade. Okay. So we're K through four. We moved the fifth grade over to middle school because we had such a capacity issue that we've had Katrina um, mobile home classrooms since Hurricane Katrina, and they've never left. So this is a great win for them to expand a third, since fourth. Since like 06? 06. Since I was in middle school when Hurricane Katrina happened. Sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> and they all fluxed in. We had a huge influx of students coming over here from families taking refuge, and the population just never left. So what started as a temporary influx just became a permanent population base. And so it really threw a, a, a wrench in the growth expectancy of our school district versus the capital improvements. So we're finally getting ahead of it and having the land now to purchase and start a third, fourth, and fifth grade wing. So the fifth grade will come back to the elementary school, and we'll still have about five acres to do something with. And I hope personally, uh, as Bobby, uh, not necessarily the mayor, is that we can work with the Boys and Girls Club and create a youth center there for child care network and a lot of things that are missing in our area uh, for the families as well as an economic driver when it comes to youth and youth recreation and, it's, and a place for them to go uh, in between those hours when, they're, when their parents are still at work. Nathan Sparks, I just spoke with him earlier today, and he brought up the need for child care and, and better options and more options for families here. How bad is it? Um, you know, I only own chickens. I don't have kids. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah, the city of Destin allows chickens. We have 15 of them, but I do not have any. I have zero kids. So I did not know. I had always heard about it, and that always seems to be a top three. But now being in this role, um, meeting the TPO board members, um, the, the teachers, everyone, it's it's a critical need and I think it really comes down to it would create so much more personal wealth for our individual families if both spouses could work and right now the biggest complaint is if if my other significant other were to go to work two or three of those days would go to paying the child care that he or she was doing so am I really going to give up a week of being with my kids and raising them for two days of income or three days of income. And I can see that being a huge challenge. So really trying to leverage a boys and girls network and a nonprofit. Uh, potentially my vision would be a 50 year ground lease mm -hmm. where the city buys back some of the land from the school board that they don't need. And with that, gift it to the Boys and Girls Club. They raise the money in the capital improvement uh, campaign to 
create this 40, 50,000 square foot facility and one of those main missions being child care network along with whatever else the community needs. So I, I really think while a lot of people are talking that it's an issue, I'm very excited that we at least have an idea and a plan and a place for an issue to be addressed. Did we talk any about the 21 acres uh, for the main street area where Publix? No, I, okay. no. And that's the city center. Um, okay. I think that's, this is going to be a make or break when it comes to partnership. Okay. We do not own these 22 acres, Publix does. Okay. Uh, but I'm very confident, and we've just gotten some good feedback from our legal team that we have so many layers of uh, what has to happen in this mixed-use city center area because of the overlay, and I won't get into the nerdiness of what that looks like. But the main takeaway is, we have a backbone and we have the legal process now to say no. I know so many people in Destin get upset because it, it seems like from the outside that council always just says yes to development regardless of what it is and whether it's townhomes or things that we don't need. Uh, we just say yes and we roll over. And that's unfortunately because the city, the state of Florida is very pro-business, open government. And while we always enjoy that, this is one time where it may work against us. So in this district, we actually have some overlays that are really going to be helpful to make sure that this partnership with Publix, when it comes to what happens outside uh, the storefront, as far as what the city center looks like, uh, we're really hoping for shops on the bottom, uh, a class A office space on the middle ground on the second floor. And what I would hope for is workforce housing on the third and fourth ground, uh, fourth floor. And, and not necessarily all of it, but I think if we can address workforce housing, Housing, uh, create a redevelopment district that has been blighted since I've been in middle school. Uh, when I was biking and didn't have a car, there the, the theater was open, the lively cinema was open, uh, and Pepitos, and I think old-time pottery. Everything else wasn't really there or accessible for a middle schooler. So to now see, if you drive by Main Street, to see 22 acres open in Destin, it's been a huge uh relief and i'm very excited to see the progress moving forward since it is now moving forward uh Publix only needs nine acres for their their plaza which gives us about 11 to 12 acres to work with to really reimagine what the city center looks like um so you have three districts in my head you have the harbor district you have the city center main street center of town and then you kind of have this morgan sports center area and to stitch all three together we're trying to create this emerald coast sun trail that'll be a 10 to 14 foot wide multimodal pathway pedestrian and biking facility that's main goal is to be off the road and to be a pedestrian walking running biking trail if you will to really allow people to get around Destin and not in not such a car dependent way uh, so Dallas has the Katie trail exactly you know I'm just stealing other people's yeah. great ideas no it's but it's highly beneficial I used it all the time I lived in Dallas for a brief time and, and it's it's a wonderful option yeah and, mm -hmm. and for Destin only being seven square miles it for those who are able to, it really allows people to get outside their car and nature and, and venture around Destin. And I think this will be a great pathway for not just recreation, but also those getting to work that don't have a car. I think not only do we, when you think of workforce housing, do you think of rent and utilities, but you also got to think of we take a car as granite for what society is right now. But at least for me personally, a car is the most the second most expensive thing that I have to 
monthly, maintain. monthly, ex, yeah, monthly have expenses in. So not only if we can get workforce housing to a reasonable rate in Destin, but if we can allow these people to bike and walk to work in a safe manner that's pleasant and wanting, then maybe workforce housing isn't just housing, but it's also transportation and how people have these assets that are really liabilities month over month. So as we look at trying to establish these workforce housing areas, we're also trying to take into consideration what other monthly expenses can we reduce or or diminish so that people can enjoy Destin and, and be a part of it regardless of what they do. What is the population of Destin? Uh, we are just north of 13,000 Okay. Uh, people inside the city limits. Now, if you don't know, uh, the northeastern half of the city, Kelly Plantation, Commons Drive, uh, um, the Destin Commons, Regatta Bay, uh, all these areas are actually unincorporated Destin. Okay. They're in the county. And so that's one of the big initiatives that I ran on was trying to bring all of us under one ship so that we can sail in one direction. Um, at this point, they're not paying any tax dollars into the city, which means they're not a citizen. They don't get to participate in any of our workshops or you know city elections. Uh, but more importantly, not having their funding come into us means that they're using our roads and, and our infrastructure, which I don't mind, but we're not getting the tax benefits from the state as a citizen that that offsets that expense. So it's unfortunate that we're, we've caught ourselves in this middle ground of we take care of not only the local citizens, but the unincorporated citizens, as well as the hundreds of thousands of people who come weekly uh, to the city of Destin to visit. So it's just kind of this very... Um, I guess, balancing act of trying to welcome as many people as possible while still trying to make it fair for the taxpayers of Destin. So if we can get more people inside the city, I think they would see a lot of beneficial wins as far as parking passes and all these things, but also a way for them to contribute um, with their voice and with their dollars to what, what we do next. How many people come visit a um, week? So we have, I, I, to average up, I, you'll see that Destin has 14,000 residents uh on any given week we have a hundred thousand tourists individual tourists year round or uh, are there every peak week, seasons average we average a hundred thousand so yearly at the most i think we had 5.2 million visitors last year i think okay. we're down to 4.8 but the spending is up so and that's a great testament to our tdc our tourism development council it's a county thing uh and they market and advertise the four walton and De the destin four walton beach brand and they're really getting nitty-gritty with the data that i know you you know and really making sure that we target the right people and that we not only encourage people to come here, but the, the people who have excess money come here. So and that helps with traffic and everything. If we can get less people here spending more, it's a great win-win for everyone. So that's the first sign of that trend happening has been this year, where this year it was 4.8, 4.9 million uh, tourists, but the spend per per tourist is up. So that's great news for everyone. Did the Destin area see an influx in people moving here, say post-pandemic, when everybody sought a better Definitely. quality of life? Yeah, I, I luckily bought my house in Destin right before the pandemic. Uh, it has now doubled in price. And if I had not bought it then, I would not own in Destin and would not probably be able to be in this position, okay. honestly. Uh, I guess if I rented, I'd be another thing. But yes, it's it's been a big increase. We're seeing it flatten out now. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't, we don't anticipate it plummeting by any means, but we do see that the 
the fury and the craziness of buying up everything has been settled out, but the price has plateaued. It's not going down, but it's plateaued. And talking to a lot of brokers in the area, it seems like they all anticipate this as the new norm moving forward. Walton Chamber of Commerce member. Yeah, that's my family. That's my OG number one family member. Diamond group. sponsor. Yeah. Young professional I was a board sponsor. member. Yeah. And leadership Walton graduate 2017 to present. Yeah. Um, a lot so, of titles there. Well, I mean, that was just, you know, I started in 1617 with them, and that's kind of going back to the production days. Okay. Um, I was two, three years into video production, kind of learning the ropes, and at this point, uh, reached out to the Walton County Chamber of Commerce. I was doing a lot of business in 38, uh, just naturally through my connections out there, so I joined them, um, fell in love with Megan Harris, and just everyone, every single uh, staff member over there uh, went through their leadership program, and that's really where I got the leadership bug and really kind of the self-improvement mentality idea. Um, I had mentors through there, and it was really the catalyst of me going from owning a job to trying to not only build a business, but build up the employees and my partners within the business and really seeing it more than just a transaction, but more of a, I guess for me, uh, partnership equity in my employees all the way to my external partners for the, the company. And so they really just taught me how to be a business owner, not a business, uh, I guess, a job owner. And so it, it, they just are family to me. They, that was me kind of coming out of my shell as a production owner. And that's just really been a great curve when it kind of, when that curve kind of peaks up from that exponential uh, income and really starting to see the fruit of your labor of five years of hustling and trying to grind for every paycheck turn into word of mouth and people now coming to you because that word of mouth is there. Yeah. I, I really give them um, the first credit. Uh, Shane with the Destin Chamber has now become a great mentor and, and a life partner for me as far as what I can side in for government is still in business, but the, the Walton Chamber was my day one OG family. And is that what took you to the Destin Chamber of Commerce member and Destin Forward Leadership Applicant yep. 2018 to yep. present? So I, it's hand in hand? I, yeah, exactly. At that point, uh, 17, I joined that the nonprofit for Trees on the Coast Board. And then by 2020, I had really solidified more Destin work production-wise, nonprofit-wise, and I started getting interested in politics. So for the nature of trying to keep everything consistent in one geographic area, I really uh, gravitated over to the de the Destin Chamber uh, just because I love chambers. And honestly, in this role as government, I still see my role as a chamber member, which is communicating with the public, interfacing with them, and trying to collaborate to make the best projects happen for our community. So I've just taken the chamber mentality and brought it into local politics. You're quite inspiring. Uh, <laughs> you know, learning on the job. <laughs> well, you've covered a lot in your first year. What's next? What are some of the things that you can talk about that people here would be interested in knowing? Yeah. Um, so we fought and we won. We are no longer six-laning the Harbor District of Destin through 98. Uh, the feasibility of it and the monetariness would just be too much. So the four laning will always be there in, in the city Harbor district. And I was very afraid that if we went to six lanes, we would really destroy the feel and the vibe of that walkable festival area that we have. Um, so that was an unintentional win that just had happened. Uh, but what had also come out of that from the state is that the, just like the Brooks bridge, the Destin Brooks bridge, uh, the Marler 
Booker T. Marler um, Bridge will be getting redone here in the next 10 years. So not only will we have an, a new Brooks Bridge in 10 years, more like seven is what they've said, uh, the Destin Bridge is up next. And so I'm very excited to work with them, again, for trans uh, pedestrian transportation and public transportation. There's going to be a multimodal pathway over the heart, over the um, Okaloosa Island, and that's a Carolyn Ketchell County Commissioner initiative that I'm very excited to take that that mobility plan and connect it to this bridge and then through there connect it to what I was talking about earlier, which is that sun trail, which is the harbor, the the main town, crosstown connector, um, Main Street, and the Morgan Sports Center area. So really just being a piggybacking on other people's projects and bringing it forward. Um, I really see that parcel at the bridge that we purchased, this Main Street, uh, downtown city center idea, and Morgan Sports Center, and now south of elementary school, these four locations. I know it's a lot, but all four of these locations, we're talking about acreages in Destin, which is land has been always finite in Destin. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about, I don't know, over 20 acres of redevelopment throughout the city of Destin. And if we can find the money, find the grants and the partnerships, really envision a holistic approach and not just look at these as individual projects, but really a overarching map. Uh, I love Game of Thrones and all these other things. So I'm, I'm begging anyone out there with a 3D printer, if you want to help me 3D print the city of Destin, I just have this vision of being able to place and, and plop all these different parcels so that we can really make sure that we understand that every decision we make on one side of town on one piece of land affects how the other pieces go. So I really, this Destin 3.0 that I'm trying to envision allows all these re redevelopments and these uh, mobility plans to intersect to make sure that it all is one concise uh, plan. Because I think in, in the past, one of the biggest frustrations being a local of Destin, uh, being, you know, born, not born, but middle school and high school and now an adult is the lack of con the consensus of, of, of a plan. And if now that we finally have a, an amazing council that has this vision out of the eight of us, four are under the age of 40. So we have a very young council and very ambitious council. So I really feel like in the next two years, we have a great opportunity to marry all these individual projects together and really create a 3.0 Destin that pushes the family mentality, pushes the tourism mentality in a better direction. Ecotourism, uh, creating a family place, creating the sports tourism and the local little leagues that we need, making sure that as Destin grows, that we grow with a family mindset as we grow with a residential mindset first, a business mindset second, and a tourism mindset third to make sure that we keep our priorities in that order. It really sounds to me like you're you're pushing the modernization and progressive side of things that need to happen, that are inevitable yep. um, for the growth and, and overall betterment of, of this area. Yeah, I think growth is going to happen. It's inevitable. I hate that word. I, I, almost <laughs> just, I was like, I'm not going to say it. I'm like, yeah, I'll make a fool of myself again. Uh, but yes, I feel like Growth without any plan is bad. Growth with the plan can be dangerous, but with a long-term reach and really understanding what are the issues in Destin and not only trying to just make something happen for the sake of checking a box and having our names on a plaque, but making sure that everything we do has a solution mindset to something that we are facing now, um, as well as not growing so fast that we put ourselves in binds in the future. So just smart growth, uh, economical growth, but really if, if we keep 
our top priority in check, which is the local residents. If they're happy, that means they can have Southern hospitality to the businesses. The businesses are happy. That means they're really creating a great um, environment for the tourists that come. So, you know, I think everything's interconnected. And there's the magic part again, the woo-woo-ness coming back, Mm -hmm. where I think everyone's interconnected. I think everything's interconnected. And we only get in trouble when we try to silo ourselves away, uh, whether it's individually, in a pack, in a city. You know, we really have to make sure that we don't not only play nice within a city, but make sure that we play nice with Niceville and Fort Walton and Okaloosa County because if we think we're individually, if, if, we, if we think we're an individual, then no one else is going to help. You know, we have to have a team and a partnership mentality, or why would someone want to help someone who's making it all about themselves? What are, I mean, and you just kind of touched on some of the challenges that you face. What are some of the other challenges that you face? Yeah, uh, you know, if you ask anyone in Destin, it'll be traffic. Uh, and we're hoping <laughs> okay. the pedestrian pathways and my ferry idea and some of these other things will help there. Um I think one of the biggest challenges is, I think one of the biggest opportunities, which is a challenge right now, is the whole Florida panhandle is in a very unique predicament compared to the state of Florida. We get the benefit from being inside the state of Florida, but if you go to Jacksonville, Orlando, St. Pete, Tampa, Miami, uh, Naples, all these southern to northern eastern Florida us panhandlers are the Northwest Florida district. Um, all these other areas are seeing exponential growth. They're seeing what has blown up uh, from this population spike. We have seen population rises, but not nearly what all these other areas in Florida are doing. Uh, there's so much land here that needs to stay uh, conserved and, and stay for environmental protection. But I see this as an, a rare opportunity where we get to learn from other cities in Florida and not redo their mistakes, but just almost piggyback and leapfrog what hadn't worked and just go to what does work. And that's what I really do a lot with the Florida League of Cities. I live in St. Augustine. Yeah. So a lot of the things like they did, you know, we had a drawbridge there that I think was one of the oldest drawbridges in the country. And I can remember them redoing this and, mm-hmm. and making things more walkable and adaptable and yeah. allowing people to connect from the island into the historic district downtown. And you're just seeing revitalization in all parts, which, which makes it more sought after. I Absolutely. mean, they also pump you're like, I think you guys got ranked number one this year. In places to live. Yeah, in I know. I was really jealous, but yeah. yet I told the whole staff, "I'm like, all right, just one more, one more level, not to compete against, but no. to collaborate with." Because East Coast and West Coast Florida are two different vibes, yeah. two different feels. Yeah. They really are. Absolutely, and, and and I and I love always coming from a collaborative mindset and not a, a competitive mindset. I mean, it's always fun to rank and have that competitive mindset, but at the end of the day, someone who would want to live there might not be a good Destin resident and vice versa. So why why compete against something that's so ar- arbitrary uh, when it comes to where people want to feel like home? And Well, following suit, one of the things I was thinking as you were talking was following suit and that, you know, the city was very involved with, all right, we don't want to commercialize this to the point that we lose that real unique beach town feel. Mm-hmm. So they, I think the embassy just put in, embassy suites, like a, a larger hotel and a lot of residents had an issue with it. So I don't think it's something you'll see being a trend, mm-hmm. but also like um, signage, you know, there's only a certain height they could take yep. it because the views are of the essence. Absolutely. It's why a lot of people come. So 
those are the great takeaways that mm-hmm. you get to elaborate upon and exacerbate upon by bringing those type of, um, I don't know what you'd call it in terms of government, but mm-hmm. guidelines. Yeah, yeah, just the rules of it all. And, and that's something, I, I, I do a lot of work in the St. Simons Islands, the Golden Isles. Where uh, our headquarters the, is. Yeah, where yes. you guys are. So uh, they have a beautiful sign ordinance where everything is within the trees. And, you know, whether it's a Chick-fil-A, Walmart, or your mom and pop coffee shop, yeah. it's all the same. And I think... There, there's something when you're not in someone's face and flashy, I think it allows everyone to feel like they've they've made it and, and they can settle and they can walk and to that Quaintness. point. Exactly. And, and taking and kind of full circling it, there's a Florida League of Cities that I treat just like our local chambers, where it's all the cities get together and we share ideas. There's an annual conference that I've just drank their Kool-Aid. Um, they do breakout meetings. So, and I say all this to say, if I do anything in Destin that is of significance, I guarantee you it did not come from me. Sure. It came from one of these 411 cities, one of their mayors or city council members or managers that had given me an idea that we had adopted to our own heritage to make it sure that it's our flavor and our vibe of Destin and to make sure that we don't over-commercialize but make sure that we do things the right way. We grow in the way that the community wants, but to not grow is to go backwards. So we have no choice but to move forward, but doing so we might as well learn from our neighbors and neighbors meaning statewide. St. Pete Beach, I've worked over there for oh, years. Is the, another one yeah. that's done a fantastic job with I all love of these St. efforts. Pete. Yeah, their yeah. new pier, the downtown. I've I've sat with their vice mayor now and he connected me with to their grants writing team. So our grants writing team and their grants writing team have now talked. You're all related. Oh yeah, it's it's all, we're all connected. It's just, you know, when we want to make ourselves individuals, you're right. So with everything you do for Destin, what keeps you passionate about your mission here and what makes Destin so great? Yeah, I think, again, kind of going back to the roots of video production, but not necessarily me being in production, but me just being a small business owner in the area. I think if you are a small business in the area, you know this without a doubt and even a medium size This area is so interconnected, it's laughable. Uh, This area is so giving that it's unheard of to see so many charities with doing so much and having so much philanthropy and so many outreach missions that you almost have, it's not an obligation by any means. I think the word would be almost like so many people have modeled this good stewardship of giving back. Small town charm. It it just becomes part of it. I mean, it's been amazing. This area gives just as much as you give, or you get just as much as you give in this area. And I think that's been why I've always quoted this like giver's gain philosophy is because this area in particular uh, exponentializes that philosophy. I, I have always just given my time because I never had money. And that has always given me relationships and equity and partnerships. And it has given me this platform now to be the mayor of Destin. So I don't know. It's just been this very amazing small town feel with large city um expansion when it comes to how many people come and visit, how many outside people come for productions. And I get to get picked up by HTV TV for a day as just a day gig shot. Um, so it's just been this amazing place to live, work and play where it's a small town field, but you have so many city, large city opportunities that fly in for a day, a weekend or a week, or maybe even a month. So for me, this is just a great place for opportunity. There's the military. There's this great economic engine of tourism. And coupled at it all is only 14,000 residents inside the city limits, 3,000 houses homesteaded that really make this place home. So while you have these millions of people in and out, 
when you go to the restaurant down the street or you're in your local grocery store in the sea of all these people, you can always pick out the locals because we're always out there and you just see them so often that you know them. Um, so it's just this beautiful mix where you have a little bit of everything. So I, I ranted on that, but it's just amazing. That's good, but it's a fine line to balance. I mean, living in an area, watching the amount of money pumped into tourism, and then also keeping that local feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be quite the thing to toggle. Yeah, and, and I think one of the biggest advantages for the city of Destin that I did not know mm-hmm. about until I got in is our staff. Our, our ground workers, our directors, our directors are all overqualified. And they're overqualified because they have reached the pinnacle of their profession. They have that last, what, seven to 10 years where now they have the resume to go anywhere. And what place to finish out your, your job than in, you know, the, the panhandle of Florida in Destin. So we have a finance director that's overqualified, a co-director, grants manager. I mean, every department, public works, all these people are overqualified because they had the pick of the litter and they wanted to work at the beach. I was just thinking and what so a choice they got to make. I, yeah. So that's been, that's, that's been my favorite part to share with people now being an insider, now being a government guy, uh, not knowing anything about this. Cause I was always small business chamber. Uh, this new circle that I've been in has been just a, such an appreciation for their time and talent that they give the city. You know, and I have to mirror your sentiments on that. Interviewing and talking to um, Nathan Sparks earlier today, I was super impressed. Oh, he's awesome. Like, wow. Yeah, he's dope. Yeah, he is. That <laughs> Well, his brain, his ideologies, how smart he is, how mm-hmm. thoughtful he is, his passion. You know, and he comes from Glen County, mm-hmm. where our headquarters are, and to hear him talk about coming over here, and he's been here a decade now, and really... The the, the love and passion that he has for the industry is just mm-hmm. telltale. Yeah, and, and and kind of to thank you guys, uh, I know a lot of people have reached out to me through my email of businesses want to relocate now with remote working being so easier and even remote offices being a much more commonplace. The one thing that Destin needs that you guys are providing is this just next generation internet connection. You know, and, I can't thank you enough oh, for that. Oh, no, no, it's awesome. <laughs> no, and I can't like, I, I feel like they're not paying me and I wish they would, but <laughs> I'm not allowed to take uh, gifts over $25 state law, but I am happily willing and able to give promo to, you know, Live Oak Fiber and what they're doing in Destin because it is the last infrastructure that I think a city doesn't need to be in the business of. Um to provide our city and more importantly, the future businesses of Destin. Um, Our new IT director, Andy, came from Oregon, lifelong resident of Oregon, families Oregon, kids Oregon. He uprooted and came over here to be our new IT guy because of the beach and everything else. But he's like, man, there's so many, he's in that world and me and him went to lunch and he's like, there's so many people in this realm where they would just want to, why would not work at the beach? And if we can provide this live oak, this, these fibers, and really up the game of gigs and not talk about megabytes anymore, but really start talking about the G, I really think you will see this next generation of middle class, upper middle class uh, remote workers come to Destin that I think will really energize the base of local business, small business, and just people wanting to be a part of a community when their business and their coworkers are abroad or just not local or regional. So I'm, I'm very excited to tap into that 
those people who want to remote work and giving them the ability to do so in Destin. No, we're just as passionate about it. You know, I was telling you a little bit about my history and my career and then having this opportunity come to me and it's been just so eye-opening, but to be able to be passionate about serving outlying communities that would not have a superior internet option otherwise, these markets are super fertile for this solution. Mm -hmm. And to your point, and, and post-COVID, not being able to offer proper telehealth, online schooling, and with hybrid work um, on the rise and going to continue to stay there, I think having that option without interruption mm -hmm. available to people is really only going to bode well for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously, all your lines are underground and the city of Destin is undergrounding all their utility lines. So I'm very excited to have this vision of Destin where the Harbor town center, our sports complex is all in this next generation of improvement, but not only will we see improvement in what we see, but also what we don't see. Everything will be underground. And not only is that an aesthetic thing, but it's also going to be a resilience when it comes to hurricanes and preparation and recovery time after uh, catastrophes and natural disasters. So not only is it a futuristic technology, but it's also moving in line with just all these other projects that we're doing, which is, you know, just improving the quality of life and bringing opportunity to the panhandle of Florida. That's our brand mission is improving the quality of life. So I don't even for, know that. Look at yeah, that. Yeah. No, this is great. You are as awesome as everybody told me you were. Aww. So I'm very glad that I got to meet you in person and have you in to talk today. Yeah, absolutely. I can't thank you enough. And if you guys are still listening, if I haven't rambled on enough, um, if you guys are a part of the city of Destin or not, you know, I'd love to reach out to you guys. Uh, if you're inside the city limits, come join us, be a part of committees, become, come join us on the workshops. All the city council meetings are uh, streamed live and are always hosted afterwards on YouTube. Leave comments there. Email us council at cityofdestin.com. Uh, Local government is not what you see on TV, and I'm just a huge advocate of getting more and more people involved because this process does not mirror what you see um, on daily news, on your newspaper, on your feeds for your online Yahoo news. So I just want to encourage people that if you have given up hope in government, uh, look towards your local government, even if it's not the city of Destin, because that is what... I think we should get back to. And if we give more attention and focus to the local government, more power and more positioning can give be given towards it. So I'm just a huge advocate, not only for people getting involved to the process, but making cities the strongest voice possible. Because I feel that while I think less amount of government's best, the government that is closest to the people are the ones that speak and do for the people. And I want to make sure that people don't lose hope in what they see on TV, but to renew that hope through your local government. Listen, I got a new, out of news for a reason. So I, I, I mirror, I, I, I love everything you just said. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks. I appreciate you uh -huh. being here. Thank you for tuning in. To learn more about Live Oak Fiber, visit liveoakfiber.com and feel the flow.